our website, ministrysauce.com, you'll see all kinds of updates for blog posts, but you'll also see videos on there from time to time, and also always updated podcasts. We update podcasts once a month at the first day of every month, so check us out. Now on with the podcast. Today's subject is something I would like to talk about because it is something I believe that we get so wrong in our churches and just our general culture. And it is something that if we do not have a proper definition of, we can start to look down on people, we can start to demean them, we can start to say that they need to change into someone they are not. And keeping in mind that we all have growing to do and it's always great to stretch out of our comfort zones, this doesn't necessarily apply to 100% of this particular subject. So I'll I'll take the mystery out of it and I'll let you know what we're talking about today. And that is this concept of being an extrovert or being an introvert. So today I want to give you a little bit of a running definition but not necessarily out of the Webster's Dictionary, so I'm going to get some things wrong, but I want to give you kind of my take on it, and even perhaps a biblical take looking a little bit at Jesus. And I know you've probably heard a study on Jesus, whether he was an extrovert or an introvert, but I have a particular opinion about this that may be different than the majority. So stick with me, I'm not going to blaspheme, I'm not going to be a heretic. I really truly feel that Jesus does actually fall into one of these categories. So just to give you a little heads up, we have been told, and a lot of scholars believe, that Jesus, because he was God incarnate, he must have been both extrovert and introvert equally perfectly. I just don't think that's the case. And I'll explain that here in a minute. So, let's go ahead and get to a running definition so that we can understand as I speak about it what exactly I am referring to. And I feel like that it will help me understand... Well, it'll help us understand the conversation. How's that? Extrovert. Our traditional definition is an extrovert likes people, (laughs) you know. Our traditional understanding of an introvert is does not like people. When actual in actuality, this is actually very far from the truth. An extrovert is someone who is recharged by the very action of being around a lot of people at once. They interact and maybe they're the life of the party, who knows? I, I don't know, and everyone's a little different. But they that their, their energy comes from group settings, large group settings specifically, that they're in the mix, they're, they're able to mingle, they're, you know, all of these kind of things. An introvert, while tradi- tra- excuse me, traditionally we would say, oh, they just like to be curled up in their bed uh, away from the whole world. An extreme introvert may be more like that, but the, but the traditional common introvert would not necessarily mind being around a lot of people, but that's just not where they get their strength and their energy from. Let's say an introvert is someone who 
may really value the time being alone or being with smaller groups, they wouldn't be the one that would be uh, talking up or they wouldn't be speaking out a lot, but they might be a person that in their quiet times, they really get a lot of meaning out of one-on-one -on -one with Jesus, so to speak. So we're, and in that context, we're talking specifically about believers and all of that. So while traditionally we would think an introvert would be someone who, oh, you know, I hate people, I'm going to live in a cave for the rest of my life alone, they very definitely value the time in solitude, not isolation. Those are very different words. They might value the solitude, but they definitely have the ability to go outside themselves, interact, be, have meaningful conversations, and sometimes, honestly, introverts will get really deeply philosophical and have these really deep conversations that it's not like that they don't like having conversations, is that when they do have conversations, they want them to have purpose, meaning, and all of that. Now, that's not to throw stones or throw mud at extroverts, because extroverts have their own unique characteristics. An extrovert is someone who's very much, like I said earlier, is very much charged by being in large groups. And when they have conversations, the central idea is not necessarily to always get deep, although they don't mind that, but it's to just develop relationships. So sometimes developing relationships is just a simple matter of being together, talking about silly stuff, maybe surface level, but also getting deeper, but, but just all of the things in between. So when they go home and they're in solitude, they get bored pretty easily because they want to be out with people mingling, you know, night on the town. These are the people that are uh, going to big parties and they, they spend a lot of time there. Sometimes we as a culture like to polarize any two groups of people that seem to have different uh, descriptions or uh, actions or emphasis. We like to say, oh, it's like this uns unspoke about war against extroverts and introverts. They hate each other. That, that, that is not the case whatsoever. I think we as a church absolutely have to get this uh, understanding under our belts because when we walk into a church for instance is it a church that is welcoming friendly loving as we get into the actual life of the church no matter what size it is are we feeling like we are just bombarded like if we're an introvert for instance are, do we feel like we're being bombarded with information and with people trying to build relationships and, and we just kind of feel like they're pushy and things like that? Or do we are we an introvert going into an extrovert's um, type of church? You know, we're feeling that way or the opposite. Do we go into a church and we think, man, there's nothing going on here. There's not a whole lot. But, we, but what we realize is that what we perceive this church is not for me may just be a mix or an improper balance of introversion and extroversion. Let me give you an example. Similar to the example of what I mentioned a few moments ago, what if an extrovert came into a church largely of introverts and just said, wow, these people are not reaching out to people. 
these people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, these people uh, do not care about the community around them, and so they leave. But in all actuality, perhaps this church is made mostly of introverts. Maybe it's a smaller church or something to that effect. But they do have ways to evangelize. They do have ways to serve their community. It's just not meant for large groups. And it's just not, you know, it, it falls along the lines of introversion. There's no right or wrong here, but sometimes we as people think that the opposite is wrong. So what often happens, especially, in, and this is just the nature of how an extrovert's mind works, so sometimes an extrovert will go up to an introvert and say, hey, you need to get out of your shell, you need to really reach outside yourself, you need to fall into this particular mold. And we find, and, and you know, nobody would doubt that it is a good thing for anybody to get out their comfort zone and we would recognize introversion sometimes in the public eye as uh, a failure or a deficiency of some sort when in all actuality I think we as leaders and we as a culture need to start looking at personality types in a very serious way and say how can we enhance this not try to change people in the way that they were wired how can we enhance this so that we can reach out to people so that we can have engagement so that people feel like they belong and all those kind of things okay so there is extroversion there is introversion there's also one other that is uh, not often talked about, and if you've ever done the tests of whether you're an extrovert or, in, uh, or an introvert, you might have seen this on the test, but it, it's the, what falls in the middle. I'm 50-50 either way, and that is ambivert is often what that's called. It means that you're great in small group settings. You're, you love the solitude, but you also love being with people, so both things energize you. These people are very happy people with whatever the subject or, or concept or setting may be. But the point being is that sometimes ambiverts um, can be great, great go-betweens between extroverts and introverts because they understand both sides. So, okay, so we have that foundation absolutely laid, I feel like, and there are no rights or wrongs when it comes to personality. So let's just get that out of the way because sometimes we try to shame each other when it comes to that. Me personally, I have done the tests and I have thought about this and I've really read up on all of these kind of things and I, I'm actually more introvert. So you, if you're listening to this today and you know me, you might think, oh man, that is crazy. There's no way you can be mostly introvert. You're always out, you know, I preach in front of groups and uh, I love being around people, but at the same time, if, if I were to be completely honest with you, I really, really value the solitude that comes with just stepping away, walking away, being by myself for a few minutes. If you've ever seen me in a party with a lot of people, I might, you know, joke around, I might try to become the life of the party. I don't know if I'm always successful with that. I might try to 
you know, make people smile and really interact, but there are times in the party where no one's looking that I slip away by myself and I just have to have a quick little uh, mini boost, if you will. And that kind of helps me to become energized so that I can kind of re-enter the social aspect. I want to take a little side, little side journey here and just say that I think that as Christians especially, we need to be so incredibly self-aware of how we were made, how we were wired, and all of those kind of things. Because if we don't, and maybe not just Christians, but anybody, if we don't, then we become start to become depressed and discouraged and all of those kind of things about how we are made, like how we function. Like, I'm not like the person sitting next to me, you know, and, and we look at people who are very, in the worldly context, successful, and we think we have to be exactly like that. Churches today, uh, and let's talk about big mega churches, we tend to see a lot of things that are geared for extroverts. Uh, just, you know, the introvert might feel good actually in a, in a uh, megachurch setting because there, there's this context and this assumption of a megachurch, a very large church, um, that an introvert might feel comfortable with just kind of sitting in the back, um, you know, being there, the people, that's fine. Um, but just kind of slipping out the back. And then there's nothing, you know, there, I'm not saying anything bad about that. What I'm saying is that it might, there might be some uh, appropriate things that an introvert might, might find to be of their liking, you know. So what I'm saying is, but, but mega churches, really large churches seem to do a lot of things that appeal specifically to extroverts. You know, you see the big family days, the big, the big this and the big that, that, that causes us to interact, causes us to uh, get together and, and, you know, do those sort of things. Even a lot of uh, the bigger churches, if they have like special services for people who are extroverts, they might not say, hey, this is for extroverts, so don't come if you're an introvert. But as a service, you know, coffee tables, um, uh, not coffee tables, I'm sorry, <laughs> that would be kind of small, but um, round tables, uh, we discuss things, there's a Q&A, all of those kind of things. That is really geared for an extrovert in a lot of different ways. Um, there are some aspects of that too that are introverted, but for the most part, a lot of the church growth movement that we see is, is definitely geared for the extrovert. You know, introvert might go into a smaller church and they're friendly, they're welcoming, uh, if it's a healthy small church especially, uh, they're doing things for the Lord and, and everything's great. And they might come in there and say, you know what, I could really fit in here because uh, I feel like I belong, I feel like they're not overwhelming me, I feel like um, they truly love me for who I am, and and you know there's some value to that. So don't hear in this podcast today that I'm saying anything bad about large churches, and trying to sell the small church or or vice versa. What I'm saying is that sometimes we we talk about church growth and we talk about success, quote unquote, when it comes in uh, when it comes to ministry. But sometimes we forget that certain um, personality types kind of flock to a certain look of a church and there's nothing we can do about that so the more ex 
extroverted activities that we do. We're just going to attract more extroverts. And we're not going to attract introverts as fast because of the nature of the personality. Ambiverts, you know, whatever they feel comfortable with, you know, whatever the mission that they attach to, you know, let's, let's just face it. Now, I wanted to lay all of that as a foundation. I know I've been kind of keeping you in suspense here. But I wanted to lay that as a foundation because I think that a lot of scholars, and I'm not one to say, hey, I know more than everyone else, but I, I've been really thinking about this. And I... And, and I'm open for complete criticism and argument on this and debate. Um, maybe not the argument because I'm, I'm just going to listen. Um, I'm going to learn, you know, just like anyone else. But we often talk about because Jesus is the Son of God, because he is God incarnate, come and down and he appeals to everyone and he speaks to everyone, then we call him an ambivert. He is equally extroverted and he is equally introverted. But we say that assuming that if he is not one or the other, that he might alienate the other side, if that makes sense. So, for instance, if we were to say, oh, man, he is mostly extrovert, um, we might alienate introverts. Or if we say he introvert, then, he, then we obviously alienate uh, the extroverts. So, and I feel like we, we try to describe Jesus in a way that is appealing and marketable to all sides so that everyone will enjoy Jesus and, and Jesus speaks to everyone. And the fact is he does, but I think that there was a definite personality, human personality that Jesus had, and he didn't fall into both categories. The reason I say that is this. We look at, like, for instance, Mark chapter 4 or Matthew chapter 8, both having the same story but kind of slightly different lead-ins depending on what perspective was being taught there. And we see this story uh, among many, and I'm, just ta I'm taking one particular story, and it, get, it kind of sets up for why I want to say this. And we have this one particular story and uh, that, that is when Jesus calmed the storm, if you remember that. And right before that, Jesus had just spent a lot of time with big, big crowds. And people were pressing against him. And he was teaching them. And he was healing them. And, and all of these kind of things. It doesn't tell us exactly how many were in the crowd. But it does tell us that it was a large, large crowd. Immediately after this... Instead of being energized, excited, and all of that, they go out onto the boat because they needed to get to the other side. And Jesus takes a nap in this boat because he is just so incredibly drained physically. That gives me a little bit of a clue to indicate that Jesus obviously did well in this setting, but maybe his charging came from the solitude, the nap, the small group. Because, because by the way, introverts... Um, they will be charged up by being by themselves or being in very small groups of people they trust. So I just want to lay that as a foundation as well. So obviously you know where I'm going with this. I believe that there is some indicators in Scripture that might tell us that Jesus was actually more introverted than he was extroverted. So we have another instance where uh, towards the end of his life here on earth, uh, but well, before the crucifixion, let me just say it that way. Jesus went off by himself and, and left the rest of the disciples because he needed that time alone. Um, he needed that time to charge. And there are times that um, 
we see that Jesus does his ministry, that immediately after that he is either alone or away from everyone else or in a smaller group. There are other times where, you know, Jesus is being accused of something or, you know, the Pharisees are out to get him or something like that, and he slips out and, and he goes about his way. There are other times, uh, like with the testing in the wilderness, that Jesus, in order for him to be able to conquer or to show that he conquered and, and passed the test, so to speak, and I, I understand my theology, I'm not explaining my whole theology here, but, but let's just take this. In, in its context, that Jesus had to be alone to make that happen. An extrovert would be able to operate in a way, and I'm not saying that Jesus was deficient in anything, because introverts and extroverts are not deficient. They're just wired in a specific way. So we need to really, we need to really frame our conversation differently, I think. Anyway, so when he's tested in the wilderness, he needed to be alone for that to happen, for him to be charged, and for him to also be able to stand the tests. So, so there, you know, you can go on, you can go on through Scripture and help him, you know, help me to understand maybe where I'm completely wrong, but I do think that there is sufficient evidence to indicate that he is mostly introverted. Now, all of us have a certain percentage of introversion and extroversion. But I just don't think that we need to start talking about Jesus in a way that is marketable or palatable or doesn't alienate or something like that. We need to look in Scripture. We need to learn about who he was and who he is and allow it to be what it is. So some of you might be listening to this today thinking, well, the only reason you're saying that he's an introvert is because you yourself are an introvert. Well, maybe that's true. I just pick up on these little clues and things like that and I can relate. But maybe an extrovert would look at the crowds and, and look at uh, the things that he has done, the healings and all those kind of things, and the times where he is really on, on top of things and he is um, doing things in, in the larger context. And maybe... They might see that as clues at the very beginning, and, and that really speaks to them. But like I said, we don't just want to make Jesus in our own image, but we want to truly look at who he is, so we could do that on either side. I don't think that Jesus was an ambivert. I really don't, because I think that when we try to push that, we start to say that there's deficiencies if you are more than one than, than the other, when I just think that that's just the way you're made. So. And I don't think the type of personality Jesus has, introvert versus extrovert, has anything to do with his perfection or his, um, his divinity or anything to that effect. Sometimes we look at these things as deficiencies regarding the opposite, you know, and, and I don't think that's what we should do. So... Go ahead and prove me wrong. I'm happy to listen. I'm not going to argue with you because you're probably going to pick out things that I haven't seen or haven't considered, which I am absolutely happy to oblige and take in and understand. But I, I want to hear for, from some people and see what you think about this whole concept. I know there's a lot of articles and a lot of writings out there, but I want to know what you, what, what you think when you look in Scripture. It's okay. You're not going to be a heretic by saying either one, and I think everything's going to be okay. Well, that's the podcast for today. I hope that you got something out of it. 
I hope that you're encouraged by understanding maybe the way that you think or the way that you operate and don't think that you are bad or better or, you know, inferior or superior because of it. But because we are wired in a certain way, God can use us exactly where we are in exactly the way that we are wired so that we can be the people He has made us to be out of the world. Thank you for listening to Manabites today.